Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn. How are you? Well I'm a little bit poorly today. I'm a little bit... uh congested to yes. say the least so apologies if uh, any of my germs go across the, the airwaves <laughs> I hope not no and I'll try not to make you laugh because yeah, I know that'll yeah, make you cough yeah, as well yeah laughing it's not good today. we may have to pause recording so that you get an opportunity yeah. to cough yeah I'm, I'm okay I'm just saying worse than I am I'm just channeling my feet my uh, Phyllis for those of you of certain <laughs> yeah. age so it's Phyllis and Finn today Phyllis and Finn. <sighs> okay so what are we talking about today we are talking about all the unanswered questions that are around for Curriculum for Wales. Um, we're talking about this for quite a specific reason, aren't we? Well, but there's also, every time we come back to a podcast, there's always more unanswered questions. Yeah. They, they seem to be piling up left, right and centre. And I think yeah. it's just being able to see your way through the fog about being able to recognise what those questions are. So we can actually start thinking about doing something about them. Solutions. Yeah. Because you can't solve an unanswered question. You can't answer an unanswered question, at least and unless you're willing to at least look at it. it. So we're not just sitting here to have whinge, although, you know, <coughs> whinging has its place. Whinge, yeah. yeah. But it's we want to look at some of these unanswered solutions. questions in order to think about solutions, yeah. what needs to be done, because if we just don't even look at it, then we're definitely not going to be moving forward. But also highlighting, you know, where, you know, we're not in a position to come up with solutions to, no. to all of them. No, no, so absolutely like to be, not. No. You know, for other, others to start thinking about what yes. the solutions might be. Yes. So what have we been doing this week? Well, I've, I've, well, apart from coughing, apart from coughing, <laughs> yes, and uh, feeling very, very sorry for myself oh, this week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we, we we again have been very busy. But I know you've. Well, had you a, worked your whole weekend. I have worked all my weekend. Yes, but I've been we're back in the uh, examination phase, so I've been doing lots of little things. Um, I've been doing the um, not little things. Are quite well, they're not. They're they're not. They are, they're not <laughs> I would do the the NRTs, but which are not the national region tests. They are the national reference tests yeah. for GCSEs, which has been really interesting. Been doing that this weekend, um, so that's going to take up my my next couple of weeks. But I've also been doing some um, item writing for some assessments in Scotland, which has been really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so I'm trying to juggle the two. At the seeing moment, seeing so. what assessment looks like in Scotland has been fascinating. Yes. Um, really useful yeah really fascinating useful. job for us to think about what's going to be yeah. going on in uh, wales um we've got we've been having lots of scoping meetings over the last week or so um i know we're in a position now we've actually got very few slots left between now and september for any support work so it's which is fantastic which is yeah. but it seemed like omicron uh, wave kind of waned a bit and then our, our phone blew up our emails blew up it was all really manic for a few days yeah. well we're looking at june july really at the moment aren't we so mm. if that yeah so, yeah which is which is great and we are um i i spent yes. a portion of last week writing a grammar curriculum for teachers oh, i thought you were going to say something more exciting now i thought you're <laughs> going to tell us about your tank driving experience <laughs> oh yeah that was fun too that was that was very good fun um armored personnel carriers and all kinds yeah 
Chieftain Tang wasn't wasn't yeah. up to much. I, I did mention to you, you know what to do with this, if there's traffic on the M4. Yeah, Probably I didn't no, think they'd let no, me no, take no. one home with me. I don't, me, think, but, they would, yeah. no. I don't but, think the parking spaces are big enough outside <laughs> the office anyway. But going back to grammar, um, that's been we we've been asked by um, Peter Lee Primary to create um, a uh, set of bespoke support to support teachers to improve the mechanics of writing. Yeah. And that has led us to think about in a, a lot more detail how grammar as the unit of writing influences how pupils can control writing and, and what teachers need as a result. And we've done a lot of work on that. That's been um, it's but been it, really hard work but for it, me, but, but as kind a non, of picking it to pieces. Specialist, yeah. as far as literacy is concerned, mm. it's been really interesting for me to have the conversations with you yeah. over how much it how much teachers I, do need to know how, how much teachers do need to know but how much as a teacher i don't explicitly know but that's the point isn't it yes. is you, that you don't explicitly know it you yeah. intrinsically know it. it because you're an expert user of language yeah. but you don't explicitly but i can't know explain it. why <laughs> i know yes well because were, it's almost yeah. by osmosis because you've learned it in immersion yeah. and i think it's a fascinating yeah. area but one that is hugely under yeah. um underexploited yeah. in terms of what we can do yeah. with teaching so there's that's so, all been going on say to that though if you as a school are looking at improving writing yes improving grammar yes get in touch well yeah this is it is improving writing using grammar yeah. to do it because i think that uh, pupils are also experts so yeah we've we've been doing a lot of work on that so we've got a lot of things uh, going on there but i think it's been a very strange week hasn't it? It, has been, week. it has been a, a strange week but we've uh We've got this uh, podcast this morning, as I say, um, thinking about what the unanswered questions were. And we actually had to limit the number of things that we, wrote, we yeah. wrote down. We had to kind of think about the most important unanswered questions rather than all of them, because there just are so many. But, but I think it's important to, to raise this now because we're what we are now, middle of March. Yep, that's where we are. March 14th. Yeah, what will you know? And thinking about talking to colleagues, talking to you know, looking at what's happening on Twitter, teachers are again facing burnout. Head teachers are facing burnout. We're two weeks in after a half term week, I know. and we're already back in that phase. But of- you know, I was saying to someone um, recently, I think um, somebody outside of education, and saying that it, it's really interesting interesting but also uh, very worrying to see teachers response over the half terms it seems to be that each of the half terms that we've had over the last nearly two years now I was just thinking that that it's coming up for the two-year anniversary March the 20th 2020 yeah that what seems to happen is you teachers have this window where they're engaged where they're committed where they're focused where they've got enough mental and emotional bandwidth to be able to look outside of the day-to-day stuff that's happening in the classroom and think about planning and you know be exploring a little bit but it's I I thought that potentially this term might be the one that uh, where there was a, a a bigger window but it really was just like a week or two weeks where Everybody seemed to get everything done and then they were just exhausted. Yeah, and absolutely flagged. There was that one little window where people just managed to pop their head up for a little bit of breath. Yeah. And then we're right back. Yeah. And oh gosh, I can totally understand that. I mean, 
I don't think we experience uh, the kind of burnout that teachers are experiencing yeah. because we're not under that kind of that um, form of pressure. But I think that, I mean, the fact that you're ill at the moment, I think that's yeah. Case but it's, but it's also hard. a sign, though, isn't it, that because things are online, I did I did some session mm. my weekend um, training training online mm. if that had been face to face I wouldn't have gone yeah and that contract would have finished yes because I wouldn't have been able to go yes. you know even though I'm you know a lap load and I'm, I'm yes. fine yes you weren't well enough but I wouldn't have been well enough. but because I was well enough to sit in the kitchen on a on a laptop yeah. I did it yeah and I think that is somewhere that we've also got staff who maybe are at home sick yes who are expected, well, who to, expected work. to do it so we've got that well just that just difference. thinking about it yeah. I, I was just doing a little bit of research prior to the podcast, as we all do, always do. In July of 2019, there was a survey by the NASUWT of teachers. Now, obviously, with any survey that's that's carried out, it's self-selecting, so you will get you will get a slightly skewed picture. But this was in July of 2019, prior to COVID um, happening, uh, and. The quote was, in Wales, 66% of teachers say their job satisfaction has declined in the last year and 78% have seriously considered leaving their current job. I mean, that's 78%. And then we had in April of 2021, in response to a YouGov teacher track survey of over 1,000 teaching staff commissioned by the Mental Health and Wellbeing Charity, one in two, 50%, reported having suffered at least one characteristic associated with work-related burnout all the time since the beginning of the school year and that was April of 2021 and I, I think what happens is you look back over time you go oh, that was a hard time but there always seems to be and then it got worse yeah and then it yeah. got worse so I don't think we're we're in a position where things have improved since April 2021 with well we've got different things that we're considering as well aren't we I mean we've got um for the, some of the threads on Facebook and Twitter that schools are experiencing COVID reappearing so they're getting yes. cases again yeah um we've obviously got what is going on over in Eastern Europe and Ukraine yeah that is all going on which fuel prices fuel prices the cost yeah. of living and we're going to talk about everything. all those things but just yeah. thinking about where teachers were before all of mm. this started um in the US um the job of teacher is kind of it pops in and out the top 10 most stressful jobs periodically but in the UK teaching is the third most stressful job and yeah. when you think about all the other jobs that are out there you know armed personnel yeah. uh, the army uh, the NHS that is the third most stressful job for a decade so that that's that's not going away and I think one of the stresses that teachers are coping with is the uncertainty and certainly in Wales the just sheer volume of expectation on teachers in terms of change in terms of redevelopment in terms of innovation at a time when they're probably the least able yeah. to cope with it and I think that that is why we felt it was important to sit down and do this podcast and I, th I think a, this podcast or a version of this podcast is something that we kind of do on a periodic basis it's kind of like okay so where are we yeah. now but there's also the ex expectation from schools that they are moving on they're moving forward 
And I think many, many schools are still in that situation where they're juggling with staff not being in. Yeah. They're struggling with pupils not being in. They're struggling with the day-to-day. Yes. And again, I mean, we were looking through DISC this morning and there's more new initiatives listed week after week after week. And you just think, at what point? Yes. Well, can we stop? Let's just take a moment to think about what Welsh Government's um, rationale, expectation, what their approach is to education in Wales. And I think it's really interesting to look back at Jeremy Miles's um, career trajectory, how he got to be education minister, um, because I think that sort of sets the tone for what's happening in education in Wales. So he started out um, and his kind of Welsh government um, um, positions as the Council General for Wales from 2017 to 2021, because he's a lawyer by trade. He then moved to Brexit minister from 2018 to 2021. So very much a systems processes, yeah. getting it done kind of position. He then moved to Minister for Coordinating Wales Recovery from COVID-19 pandemic from 2020 to 2021. So he's very much been, certainly his last two positions, um, about getting things done, moving it forward. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got personal experience of what... Um, coordinating a recovery from uh, Wales uh, response to COVID-19 because my husband that was his job within Natural Resources Wales and it's an enormous job but the level of drive you have to have to make a large organisation and in this case the entire nation you know get things done change processes at a time when they're suffering enormous stress and when things are in a time when you can't meet face to face yes exactly so so i think the choice of jeremy miles for education minister i think that that was down to um this need within welsh government to get curriculum for wales done. done Yeah, a little bit like let's get we've brexit mentioned done. This. we've mentioned this before though haven't we about very very much feels like they're the agenda is being pushed through. Yes. I'm sure I mentioned railroaded before, but it, it just yes. feels like it's like a juggernaut that's yes. steaming ahead to September. Yes. Pulling in all these other things, like the Welsh language, yeah. like uh, yeah. well, yeah. all, so many all other, the other things. things. We'll go to those after. Yeah, it's. but I, I, I think that <clears throat> this is not to underestimate how much Jeremy Miles is listening. I do yeah. believe yeah. he really is listening yeah. to head teachers, that he really is listening. He's got a massive remit, hasn't he? But... Whilst he is listening and he is taking account and he is um, addressing concerns and worries, certainly with his responses, I don't feel that that's changing his agenda, which is driving through change. It's a bit, little bit like buckaroo, isn't it? How many things are you going to put on the saddle, which is the one that's really going to tip things and make the, the donkey buck? Yes, yes. The donkey of education in Wales buck. So yeah. So what are the unanswered questions for um, Curriculum for Wales or what are the unanswered questions in education in Wales that somebody needs to transparently look at all of the different aspects of and think about, well, what is this going to mean? Yeah, what's for, the solution? Well, what's the answer to this question? Because yeah. we don't have an answer. Things are only going to get worse. Yeah. And I think the biggest of those questions is accountability. It's whenever we do a session with schools, isn't it? And we ask about concerns and worries about where we're going with Curriculum for Wales. 
everything boils down to an accountability issue. It drives everything. Yeah. We know that. If you say, well, we're going to measure schools on how many pupils get an A to C grade in these nine subjects, yeah. then schools will make sure that they've got a good yes. answer yeah. for that. And they will do that however they can, because they know that that is going to drive whether head teachers stay in their jobs, whether schools stay What's up the bottom or go line, down. You know, the bottom line is, are you still giving a job at the end of it? Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's a very personal thing. It is. Well, it's teachers are on the huge majority. They're in the job because they want to make yeah. a difference. And if that means staying in the job means um, doing things in a way in which it enables you to stay in the job, then you'll, <coughs> you'll do those things. And yeah. there is a genuine fear that drives accountability, a genuine concern that you can't lose sight of what you're going to be judged on. Yeah. Because if you do then it doesn't really matter what you do because you won't be in the in the role or you'll be pushed into doing something that you, you didn't want to do in order to, to just retain um, the control of your, your position. And I think the data needs of schools in terms of sharing what, what data will schools need to share yeah. for accountability purposes and the fact that, that we're not going to know that, schools are not going to know that until after the new curriculum has started the September, first teaching yeah. I think that's really firing up head teachers and it's really firing up schools to think about well, how are we doing assessment because yeah. we can't ignore there will be accountability at some point it, it, it's feeling like you're building your assessment based on this bed of sand because you just don't know what yeah what is coming which is why we're in a situation where schools are looking to other schools and saying, well, what, do, what is that school down the road um, saying? And we've got local authorities who are actually um, pushing particular tracking tools yeah. because they don't want to be caught out either because yeah. they have accountability for standards. Yeah. So they need to know what the standards yeah. are. And I mean, if you look, if you look back to successful futures, successful futures, and I am quoting here now from successful futures, 2015, Clarity is needed about the use of assessment data for learning and its use for accountability. Yeah. Now, I think we've got it right. And I think we know what um, assessment data for should learning. for learning yeah. looks like and schools know how to do that. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of done to a certain extent. But data for accountability is anything but done. Yeah. No, it's, it's still... It's like this black cloud that's hanging over, isn't it? You just do not know yeah. where this is going. And I think the, you know, we've got the research project so that's being um, led by social finance who are looking at what uh, other data um, needs, what, are, what data are schools going to need to share in order for accountability purposes and where's that going to live and how you're going to access it. The, the social finance research project the fact that it doesn't report until september october sorry it reports in july recommendations made decisions won't be made until, until september autumn, yeah. or october that this this waiting period but still the driving forward yeah. with curriculum design is just it's really problematic really problematic it's, it's, it's a little bit like treading water isn't it we don't know where we're going I think it's kind of worse than that, though, because we've got so many decisions being made yeah, in a vacuum of not knowing 
yeah. what the answer the right, is. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're making decisions yeah. on an assumption yeah. as opposed to on a, a, a real fact. Yeah. And it's knowing that you want to get it right, so let's not make the, right, the wrong decision yeah. now. Yeah. So we've got to backtrack. Yeah. So the facts that in Successful Futures, Graham Donson wrote, and I quote, accountability systems can be the Achilles heel of curriculum reform. The fact that that was written back in 2015, yeah. and unfortunately, it, it wasn't dealt with. I mean, I think to be fair, seven years later, I, that's I think where we are still well, there. I think to be fair, that it was actually the Kirsty Williams administration that took their eye off the ball rather than Jeremy Miles. Jeremy Miles came into the job the ball up, knowing yeah. that that wasn't fixed and yeah. has created a, a research project to do that. But it should have been sorted before he even took post. So that's a significant question that hasn't yet been answered and we yeah. know that that answer is but it's, we're waiting yeah it. but it's back to Welsh government isn't it to make that make that clear. yeah but potentially for schools um once that answer arrives or answers or you know let's hope it is a real answer arrives they'll then have to look at what they've already put in place and adjust it if yeah. if it needs yeah. adjustment and that that's going to be really problematic because there's going to be a period of time after that decision where change is still going to be going on because the answer yeah. might not fit with what has been designed up yeah. until that point. It'd be interesting to see what what comes out of the Eston pilot that's going on at the moment as far as assessment accountability is concerned. It will be very interesting, but again, what if that uh, project that's been created by social finance that's supposed to create a prototype uh, platform where all this data is going to be collected yeah. what happens if the estin response and it is different to the social yeah. finance response who wins at yeah. that point well, you know if estin says oh good practice looks like this yeah. but social finance says yes but this is what's going to work for government yeah. and for accountability purposes it's, it's well that links in quite nicely to our next unanswered point, question unanswered question really is it all about subsidiarity yeah because the whole premise of Cricket for Wales is teachers at the chalk face making the right decisions for the pupils that are sitting in front of them. But really, are we at that situation where we've got all this other all these other questions going on around us? So subsidiarity as it was defined in curriculum for wales the successful futures is about keeping the decision making process as close to the action as possible now that sounds relatively straightforward but the actual decision making who decides whether that's close enough to the action yeah. or not who decides at what point uh, at what level those decisions need to be made what does subsidiarity actually mean in reality? Yeah. You know, so for example, teachers are making assessments on pupils in their classroom, enlisting evidence of learning and saying, right, this is what they need next. But what if the qualifications <coughs> say that what they different. need next is, is something this? different? Who is then making the decision? It's it's I think subsidiarity is one of those theoretical academic ideas that has never been um, defined in a practical sense well enough for it to actually become a full reality in all situations. And where's the power within that subsidiarity, isn't it? Like you said, who's, 
who really has got the the say to the say final this say. is really what our pupils need is it somebody two three steps away from the process or is it the person or the group that are right well, there working with the learner yeah and and you know when you're <clears throat> when you're talking about power and making decisions and who has the power to make decisions it's we, we in a way go back to the question of accountability is that if say for the sake of argument you've got a teacher making uh, decisions about what a child learns in the classroom and how they learn it and then at a later date the accountability process external accountability comparison process of is that decision good enough says so actually it's no it's not good enough what happens yeah. then it's 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 a very very complex process and it means that teachers because they're not sure about where the buck stops or how these decisions actually uh, need to be made in terms of long-term qualifications or progress or um, it, it makes the whole thing really difficult I think we need a step-by-step -step unpicking of what subsidiarity looks like in a practical sense at school level yeah. at uh, the middle tier level at governmental level yeah, how they work, how it how it works how each level interacts with, interacts each, other. with each other absolutely okay so we're, we're whipping through these questions but another unanswered question is about how you would capture assessment information for sharing purposes and i know that this is going back to accountability it is. Well, as you said everything goes back to accountability i know but it's in one of the principles of assessment they're talking about um, uh, capturing uh, progress in it's order to one, reflect on. Yes, it's capturing progress in order to reflect on it mm -hmm. for the purposes of progress. So um, what, what does that look like? And I think uh, we've got a lot of tracking tools out there at the moment. We've got lots of schools who are concerned about that. We've got some schools who are way ahead, who are starting to think about, well, how are we going to capture progress of children in order to share it with their parents? And it just feels like um, some schools maybe are 80, 90% of the way to answering that question, a few. Some maybe haven't even really started thinking about, you know, the first... 10% of answering yeah. that question and it just feels very unfair that we've got such a variation I think within that variation as well though we've still got schools or, or elements that are still thinking about assessing against the progression steps yeah and the description sorry the descriptions of learning and breaking them down into sub steps yeah. which we know goes completely against Scottish government guidance yeah but then we've got at the other end of the spectrum schools working with the descriptions of learning and then taking those and then thinking about how that can inform yes. what they're teaching yes. and then look at their assessment arrangements separately yeah well the assessment arrangements against yeah. curriculum related expectations which is a much more accurate yeah. way of assessing learning because the learning yeah. is about your curriculum yeah, but we still got that that real mismatch of yeah of how people have interpreted the guidance and I know they say there's lots of guidance and people keep referring back, go and have a look at the guidance. Yeah. But the guidance is so woolly. Open. And it's, I get woolly. <laughs> you said it when I said woolly. But it, there's just so much of it as well. Yeah. To be able, let's just have some definitive examples of what 
yes. it might look like. And I think this is the whole problem yeah. with these unanswered questions for curriculum for Wales. It actually comes down to the curriculum uh, model that we're um, <coughs> implementing because the curriculum model is very loose. It's a framework. It's very open. And so there are an awful lot of questions. But I think, you know, when you're thinking about these questions, all we've got to do is look to Scotland and see how they have managed a lot of these questions in their process, because it's as similar as you yeah. can get in terms of curriculum style, curriculum model. For example, one of the um, questions around uh, that we've been talking about capturing assessment information what happened in Scotland was lots and lots of schools had uh, very detailed tracking um, tools yeah. that were directly against what they call their uh, achievement, uh, their um, experiences and their outcomes, which were very similar to the descriptions of learning um, and a kind of a box ticking approach, which got very, very onerous, didn't make a huge difference to pupils progress was was workload heavy. And we see the same happening yeah. down here. So it's it, really interesting because that, that, that's part of the work that I've been doing with the assessment is looking at those statements. Yeah. And look at the numeracy statements that, that fit with those. And that's been really, really interesting to see how that's going to pan out as far as assessment's concerned and how much detail and how much information it's really given you about how how people really can engage and show what their what their learning is and their understanding of that particular concept well this is it and if you've got a narrative statement <clears throat> can understand yeah. what they've read the breadth of um variation within that narrative yeah. statement is enormous and i think that that's why there are so many questions with curriculum for wales and so many questions that are yet to be answered because we've got so much variation within the yeah. potential for answers for those questions so i think this could have been recognized right at the beginning in terms of right if we're going to have a curriculum that's very broad that's that's not clear discrete definitions of everything then we're going to have to just take hands off and just say well okay look we're going to leave it much more up to teachers to actually define these things for it. But it seems to me that there's quite a, a mismatch between the curriculum model expectations in that teachers have subsidiarity, that they can make decisions at the school level. And yet this real drive to control, that it feels like there's been more control because they recognise there's been more freedom and it's like well, yeah, no, 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 no 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 you can't have yeah, that freedom yeah. no 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 we still How need it comparable yes yeah so i think I, I i absolutely don't think this this lies <clears throat> in the teacher's fault at all that they've because there was a narrative about that oh you just haven't understood it properly or you're just doing it yeah. in a slightly different um direction i actually think that it is government and middle tier potentially's lack of foresight to recognise that with greater freedom, there needs to be yeah. less control. Yeah, but they seem to have gone the other way. Yeah, okay. So another question um, that remains unanswered uh, for Curriculum for Wales that has a significant impact on what's happening at the moment are the qualifications. Particularly when you're looking at Key Stage 4, if we're not going to have any decisions, I think we've got some rumblings from um, Qualification Wales about... Where they, where they want to go with GCSEs. 
Um, but I think we need to see some, something a little bit more concrete about what that might look like for our particular subject that we're that we're interested in. But there's also this these other non-GCSE qualifications that they're starting to talk about about financial capability, the rules of work. There was a first aid one, I think. Yeah. There was a, lots of other ones they were talking about to make that those qualifications much broader mm. that were GCSEs. But I think we need to know. Mm. Yeah, and it's not as simple as saying, well, just look at progression step five yeah. and just teach your pupils that. Because yeah. as a former English teacher, if you're teaching your pupils how to analyse um, a particular piece of literature, <clears throat> there's all the knowledge that's linked yeah. with that particular yeah. piece of literature that won't be relevant yeah. for a different yeah. piece of literature. So but whilst we have terminal examinations that are high stakes, that does drive the curriculum. If those, if those terminal val uh, uh, examinations were not high stakes, if there was a, uh, a different method of choosing the next step on your learning journey yeah. beyond that, whether it was world work or whether it was um, going into further education, then I think that it wouldn't drive the curriculum so much. But it also goes a little bit further. I know we talk about qualifications as being, you know, as part of the accountability mm. cycle, but it's they're much more important than that. They're they're the units of qualifications that our children yeah. take to unlock their future. Yes. And I think that is much more important to be focused on. Yes. That making sure that those are portable, yes. not just within Wales, but beyond as well yeah. but they actually mean something but that that's, and, we're, and we're putting them in the right position to get to get them where they need to be but those keys that we're yeah that have created in the um the curriculum um, the qualification process that's why they drive curriculum yeah. because we as teachers know that if we don't equip pupils with a decent pass at that particular qualification then we the whole area of the uh, possibilities for their future is close to them but accountability does tend to skew that sometimes because if you're judged by how many passes or how many particular grades you get mm. through yes you know are we putting people in for the right qualification that are right for that child yes and I think that sometimes yeah goes against but there's lots of questions still yeah. unanswered and we're still waiting to see what that's going to look like and without those those answers it, it becomes impossible yeah. to design a curriculum for certainly for key stage three and four that really will prepare pupils to yeah. open yeah. their you future. You don't want to go in a completely different direction in year seven. No. I'd have to pull them back. Okay, so another question, again, very much linked with accountability. It's, <laughs> I hadn't realised this while we wrote <laughs> the list, but it's kind of like lots of different shades of accountability. Is, These are all it? the questions. What is Eston looking for? We've been asked that question many times in the last few weeks, and we've certainly scoured the Estin guidance to their inspectors. We've even we've got a, a couple of people on our advisory board who are peer inspectors and they've had training. So we've been discussing with them, not the details of obviously because they're professionals, but talking about the the direction of yeah. travel. And well, we've even had meetings with Estin, haven't we? So, you know, discussions yeah. about where this you know, this is this is going to go now, but the because I know the pilots have started now. We've got yes. to half term. What's really interesting is that we have seen in the <coughs> guidance for inspectors with Estin phrases like skills and experiences and learning that is appropriate yeah. to age, and we've had 
the direct discussion with Welsh Government, you know, is this what you are looking for in terms of curriculum development? And they've been quite clear about saying, no, it's not. That's not what yeah, we want. This. Yeah, but then we've gone to Welsh to to um, Estyn, and they've actually they they told us that that was a typo. Yeah, let's see if that's addressed when they said it was the a typo and that it was appropriate to stage. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. And they've told us that documentation will come out after the pilots have finished. Yeah, reviewed. Yeah. So without knowing, <clears throat> and I know schools, this is this is what's keeping head teachers awake is that well, we we're doing all these things, we're developing the curriculum, we think we're doing the right thing, but will Estin well, like it? That's the thing, isn't it? How do we know we're doing the right thing? We think we yeah, are, but yeah. still somebody's going to come in and say, yes, that's the right thing or not. And it was interesting. Um, I was reading a research paper about burnout in um, health professionals. You have such a strange reading repertoire. Don't you? I know. Lovely. Um, but health, health professionals who um, were focused on personal achievement are actually more inclined to reach burnout because during times of high stress when things are going wrong for that's outside of your control you maybe don't feel like you're achieving very much because it's all it's all coming crashing yeah, down yeah. so if we're in a situation with um estin where you're working really hard to do the right thing because this is what drives people who like teachers and health professionals and so on and yet you're judged on a scale that you're not aware of fully or that is maybe in opposition to what you feel you've been yeah. doing that will lead to some really difficult emotional responses from yeah. teachers and you know we already know that we've got a profession who are I mean how many times has it been said they're on their knees or they're this yeah. that and it seems like these things are said and yeah, yeah, but we're in the global yeah, pandemic. But we'll just carry on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, this is the emotional <clears throat> um, response, the societal um, changes that have been brought by um, COVID-19 are going to be with us for decades. Well, I, and I really don't think that no. can be underestimated, but it seems that Welsh Government in particular, Jeremy Miles and his approach to drive it through, have, have, um, don't want to look at that. Well, it's not business as usual, is it? I don't think we're ever going to be back to business as usual in the sense that we, the way we did it before COVID. No, it's going to have COVID to be is, different. It's going to have to be different. We've talked about this many, many times. Yeah. But I mean, the other question we've really got along alongside all of this that keeps bubbling away is where is COVID going? She yes. says with a with a wheezy chest. Also not COVID. Because we know there's rumblings again of a new variant. We've mm. still got, you know, cases beginning to rise, you know, over the weekend. Cases are, are rising in all the four nations. Yes. Higher than they were. And it's before. not going to be the same as it was before. No. It's because they're talking about a spring booster now. Yeah. I mean, just something you said just earlier on that just made me stop and think. There have been lots of changes that have just happened and we haven't even really recognize that we're never going to have a snow day again no but i just well, we are, we'll have snow days but they will be different we'll be will it still be expected to work yes i do it remotely yes if you're enjoying listening to this podcast you may want to know about impact plus 
if you go to www.impact.wales, you will find all of our resources, professional learning packs, professional learning films, digital workbooks linked to all of our podcasts yeah, absolutely uh we've got all of our um sketch, sketch notes. notes on there as well and this is professional learning that makes sense so it's research informed it's practical it helps you and your staff make sense of uh, whatever it is that you're improving we've got a really wide range of subjects topics content for you to look at haven't you what kinds of things have we got well, we've got professional learning packs on things like oracy, a retrieval practice, the science of learning, <laughs> bit of an echo there, Finn. Uh, but lots of things that, you know, you might want to be developing in your school. So if you're interested in finding out more, log on to our website. And as Jane said, that's www.impact.wales and click Impact Plus. It's true that we don't know what the future holds in terms of COVID. We also don't know fully, I don't think, the extent of um, the change that COVID will have brought to the long-term impact. There is no, yeah. no idea of what, what really, you, yeah. know, you know, we've talked about well-being and the mental health yeah. of not just our children, but also our professionals, you know, everybody yeah. really. We don't know how long this is going yeah. to. And we don't know how that's going to look. I mean, I know that my social. Today, we? Well, no, yeah. we're looking at all yeah. the problems and it's not easy. It's not pleasant uh, for anybody to do. And I think that, you know, we, it's not fun for us yeah. to look at. I mean, I know that there was a, a period in time where, you know, going back to March of 2020, where at work, we were constantly having to look forward and look about, yeah. okay, well, where's this going to go in three weeks' time? What's it going to look like in a month? And actually, I found that really, really stressful because we were having to plan for business. I was having to think about what that was like for marketing in terms of, you know, bringing in new work. And it really wasn't fun at all because I actively did not want to think about it in my yeah, yeah. personal life because I was having to do it. And it must be the same for politicians. So obviously, they must have to... You know, I, I often thought that Chris Whitty must have been under enormous yeah. pressure because he was thinking about what the nation was going to be facing in a month's yeah. time. But also that must have had an impact yeah. on him personally. It's very often people in those public public figures, you forget that they are actually people and yeah. they've got lives yeah. and families behind it all. But I think it is so important that somebody does this. And we're not in a position to make these changes at a national yeah. level, but we don't think that um, Welsh Government certainly with curriculum for Wales are really recognizing the depth of impacts that COVID-19 has had on the teaching profession. Yeah, and, I, and I think part of that is because the teaching profession are one of those professions that stand Just up and get, get on. on with it. Yeah. And I think it's, oh yeah, they're coping. Yeah. But it's no, because that, that's what they do yeah. it, underneath. Okay. So where's COVID going, but also... <sighs> How much the school's going to have to pay for yeah. fuel well, bills? Well, I, I dropped my son off at school the one morning. And between me dropping off at school and going back, petrol had gone up by two pence. Oh, my goodness. And it was just like, okay. but it was going up, you know, yeah. two, three pence every day. And every time I drive past the garage now, I look at it and think, well, how much is it today? Yes, yes. And yes. But it's just not the impact on individuals. It's the impact on budgets for schools. Yes. Because so, it's a much wider... Curriculum for Wales, of course, we've got COVID-19 has, has already demanded more resources yeah. financially because of greater needs for um, staffing. 
replacement and so on. We've also got bills, cost. Will that come out of central budget? Infrastructure that's had to be put into place. Exactly. So whilst there is all this money coming to schools, we've got an additional pressure on schools now in terms of budgets because they're having to pay for additional fuel costs. And where's that going to come from? And whilst there is still that question is still unanswered, whilst head teachers still don't know what's going to happen on that, it makes planning financial planning it must make it incredibly difficult to decide yeah. where you're going to spend your money because the, you know there's the increase on everything that's projected with what's happening with ukraine is going to have a knock-on as well with the fuel so it's not yeah. just going to be potentially this increase now in april it mm. could go a lot further yeah and it's that. not just ukraine i mean this is you know it's brexit everything has, has made an you issue know, to cost this. of food what's going to happen with Ooh, yes okay so the other unanswered question. Yeah, the other unanswered question. We haven't got that answer to that one. Teacher retention and recruitment. Yeah. Because this is one of the things that James McInerney uh, talks about in his book, Class Class Rules. Pretty sure. The truth, the, about the, truth, truth about Scottish schools. That's right. And he talked about a, a brain drain is that lots of very experienced staff saw curriculum for excellence coming, decided that the uh, depth of change was not something they wanted to deal with at that yeah. late stage of their career. And they left, which is kind of, you know, it's part of the course when you have any large scale reform is that you're going to lose staff who just don't want to take it on. And I think that that, that was known about in the early days. And we, okay, we've got responses from Welsh government in terms of what they're doing about recruiting staff. But the, the, the bottom line is, we have got, it's it's kind of, you know, the perfect storm, COVID-19 coupled with Curriculum for Wales reform and the uh, recruitment and retention issue, particularly at senior leadership level, yeah. is really significant. We've also got supply and the dearth of supply because so many supply teachers, I'm sure, during the worst stages of lockdown, just decided to go off and do something else because supply you know, they weren't getting any money and um, they haven't come back yeah and I, and I know there, there's we're still an issue where schools are struggling to get supply staff that was yeah clear right from the outset you know all this term it's still been the yeah. threads on twitter that that you know that's that's correct but also you know the support that our um early career teachers are getting yes. in school if we're We've been squeezed at the top by our experienced staff. Yeah. Have they got the time that's needed to be able to support our early careers teachers to make sure they're not, they're not leaving in two, three years time? So what are we going to do about making sure that the experience that is required for yeah. this whole scale reform is actually available to schools yeah. to draw upon? And this is a question, the next one, and I think we'll make this the last one, the, 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 the next question is a question that's actually been raised by Welsh Government itself um, that there isn't an answer for at the moment. They, they, they're doing something <laughs> about it and this answer will be coming later. But I think the, the reason that, that we're raising it and it is the school day, school year reform um, process, it just feels like... We keep coming back to why, this. Chester, well, we do we? keep on coming back to it, but with... All of these other unanswered questions, why are they spending? Yeah, why now? Why not in a couple of years' time? Or um, let the dust settle a little bit and then let's look. It's just making 
Okay, lots of changes. I wanted to talk about, and I just wanted to mention, uh, there was a report up in Scotland called the Muir Report about um, reform that needed to happen in Scotland yeah. for Curriculum for Excellence. And Professor Mark Priestley wrote a blog on this um, this report, which was a, an excellent blog. It was very interesting to read, and it did talk about um, things that were relevant for schools education we'll put the in link Wales. In the, in the podcast. We will put we'll the link in the podcast. But I, what I thought was kind of stood out amongst his blog was the statement that um, that change for to improve things did need to happen in Scotland and now was the time and it just felt to me like I'm not sure that all of the teachers yeah. and head teachers in Scotland would actually agree with him that that is the immediate aftermath and maybe the the end of a global pandemic where everybody has been affected that 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 so many people have died lost their lives been the health has been affected is that really the moment that you want to have more change but we were talking about this this morning weren't we that and it was the one thing i said that we're talking about making changes and the people making these decisions they're not the ones that actually are making having to face and deal with those changes day to day yes and i think that what we're saying is that if these changes are the ones that really need to happen then and they want them to happen then they have to put in the support they have yeah. to look at them in detail they can't just say look we're going to make this change but you have the one who has yeah, to do it so yeah. you're the one who has to explore it find out what it actually yeah. means pull up the problems and then deal with them you know they should be fully supported by governments and by the powers that be who have the resources to actually yeah. support this with, and with a clear, clear rationale about why that change is necessary and what difference it's going to make. Yeah. So you know, Not if change for change sake, if we were going to make one of the changes, I think is is thinking about the the reasons why teaching <clears> is <throat> the third most stressful job in in the country, and trying yeah, to change, change that it. so that it is less stressful. Yeah. Because children, <laughs> I can't say this often enough. Children are our future, and you if you're being taught by somebody who is. Uh, barely able to sleep at night who's yeah. you know who can't enjoy things like they used to I don't want my child no, being taught exhausted. by someone like that I don't yeah. want my child yeah. going to school and having the emotional burden of COVID-19 yeah. standing in front of them in front of the classroom because it's not fair on the yeah. children it's certainly not fair on the staff because childhood you look at it, how many how long they actually because we're talking about we've got children now that are adults know, adults how you look back and you think how quickly that went. Yeah, childhood is such a short period of time. Yes, but it's the most informative period of time. So we need to make sure yeah. that they're getting the best experience. Absolutely, and that means supporting our teachers. Yeah. So lots of these questions need <clears throat> answers, and they need answers now. And they need teachers need support to make sure that those answers are yeah. put into yeah. put into reality as soon as possible. So <laughs> this week, then, Finn. <laughs> what's coming up this week so we've got as i mentioned before we've got a face-to-face -face. we've got a face a half day face-to-face -face, which yes. we're really looking forward to doing the mechanics the of uh, improving the mechanics of writing yeah. in peter lee we've done we have done lots of online yes sessions but yes. it's we're beginning i looked at our diary as well we've actually got one week before easter we're in three schools face-to-face -face oh my goodness in sweet. a week which is which is great so we're starting to find that balance yeah but, but there's such a benefit to online yeah. Yeah. online work that there 
it, it's not just a poor second well, anymore. We had a, a, a great session with a, a school that we were working with a long time up in North Wales on mm. Friday, didn't we? Mm. And, it, you know, yes, we could have gone up. Yeah. But I think what it was only an, an hour, hour and a half, I think, yeah. it out, yeah. out to be. But we got a really productive session of that. Absolutely. But, you know, later on, yes, there's this opportunity to do face to face, but... But we can still, because we've got that relationship with the school. That yeah. We know that we, well, I we've think, met them face-to-face and work with them face I think this is the thing. It's it's more difficult to work with schools, um, work with people generally when you haven't met them. Yeah. There needs to be face-to-face at some point. But there's a real benefit to uh, remote working because you don't have to travel. You don't have all of this wasted time around no. it. But you also get to do slightly different things as well. Yeah. So we've got um, a face-to-face coming up. We've got, we're working again with um, a secondary school in Scotland this time a school again that we've had a long relationship with this is like our second year yeah. um, working with then we've got another year coming up as well but this is on effective feedback for the purposes of progress in yes. learning and we've got an online school that we're working yes, with yes which is which is exciting because it's the a, a slightly different element that we haven't really look, looked at we looked mm. we've done some work with GCSE pod looking at online learning as far as GCSE revision yeah. and resources for students are concerned and how those are developed. But this is slightly different work of the staff at this online school. Yeah, who just provide <laughs> online learning yeah. for their So we're going to look at how the science of learning can be used to help them deliver yes. and, and make sure what they're doing is, curriculum. Is, is really spot on. Okay, so we've got lots of interesting things coming up. It's been uh, lovely to talk to can you I, all I'll again. I'll just say with that, within that, I'm also in the marking zone <laughs> so i'm not and right really, item writing yeah, zone so we are and i've got sketch notes busy, to do busy 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 which we is are fantastic okay so, well, well we'll talk to you again next yeah. week take care bye thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes you can find us online at www.impact.wales you can also follow us on social media on twitter we're at impact wales on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.